No, oh, professor's showing up right now. Nice. I know. I know no, we're live, but it's all right, it's dude. That's what we wanted to happen right now. So this device is not connected. We conjured him with our thoughts. What's going on, everybody? Cali Death Podcast back once again, episode 135. I am your host, Anthony Trapani. And as always, I am joined by some resident homies. Uh, if you're watching this and listening to this, I don't know if you heard me, but I thought I heard we were going to have the professor. Where is he? He's in the background. He's trying to log in. Yeah, it says device is not connected. He's trying to connect. Trying. Okay, so soon I will have all three of my resident homies with me at <laughs> once for the first time in a very long time. But right now I got Casey Howard. I got Joel Horner. What up? Hey, Anthony. How's it going? Hey. Oh, Anthony. Hi. And uh, tonight we're joined internationally. It's been a while since we've had an international yes. uh, episode and... All of us were just talking about the sacrifices we've made to make this episode happen. And it's late on Cali time. It's 10 p.m. roughly. And but it's even crazier because our host just woke up, had a, a nice sleep. But he, it is very early for him. He's over in Sweden right now. He's a fucking brutal vocalist. Very, very fucking brutal when i listen to you dude but frederick soddenberg and how, how do you say your last name correctly in your dialect oh soddenberg i would say in swedish okay so you're close Anthony. you're pretty close <laughs> i think I, I'm, uh, <laughs> it's it's close enough we it's got frederick from surreption with us yeah, live <laughs> right now dude <laughs> what's going on frederick oh and popping in right now i see another uh well, Another Brady Bunch in aisle popping in. There he is right now. He looks fucking very simple. Uh, but uh, right. yeah. either yeah. way, you, Frederick, thank you so much for uh, for uh, being with us. Our evening, your morning. Um, what up, Jedi? See you in the chat. He's in Australia, so it's three p.m. tomorrow there in Australia. <laughs> Damn, so <laughs> it's already afternoon for him. Yeah. That is crazy. Friday afternoon for Murray. Well, it's Thursday <laughs> yeah. for us. Yes. Well, but Friday morning for oh, there's there Justin. He there he is. Hello, hello. Can you hear me? Got yes. you, brother. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Sorry about that. Joseph. Oh, it's all good. What up, bud? Hello, Frederick. Hi. How are you? I'm I'm good. Uh, it's a bit early, so I'm a bit tired, of course, but it's it's fine. And uh, thank you for having me, guys. No well, problem, sure. dude. Yeah. Dude, we Fucking... got the full host roundabout going tonight for the first time in a while. We got lots to talk about with Joseph and his tour. But dude, the professor is back, guys. So I'm very, very happy. I'm happy oh, to yeah. be back for this one. I fucking love Surreption. Deterioration of Minds was like 
the soundtrack to a significant portion of the early 2010s for me. Engineering the Void, everything since, even Illuminate, all that shit fucking rules. So, yeah. Thank you, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Joseph, aren't you dual citizenship to Sweden, too? Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. I thought that was a joke. It's not a joke, dude. This is it. Uh, it expired. I have to get it renewed. Uh, but yeah. it was a joke. So wait, wait, wait. Why and how and uh, explain that for a second. Oh, my mom is a Swedish citizen. Okay. All right. So she's just... from the south, from like Malmo area. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, cool. So she, so she immigrated here, and then uh, as as a you know son of a swedish citizen you can apply and receive citizenship in the eu uh before you're 18 as long as you uh, make a case and in our case the case was i visited many many times as a kid so we were able to get me in there so yeah nice dude that's that's awesome yeah and i'll be there in september hopefully um as part of the trip to Europe that involves going to Germany for that festival. So, when's be... the la- oh yeah, well, man. when's the last time you've been there? It's been a long time. Uh, twenty ten, I think, was the last time I was wow. there. I definitely blasted a lot of Spawn of Possession and shit last time I was there. So crazy. It was it was old enough of me to have that you know that side of things. You're already so. exposed to that, yeah. Yeah, but um, yeah, it's it's uh always been nice to have some Swedish connection and uh it's a great place and i've only been north like towards like stockholm like a couple times i mostly spent time in the south part of the country so what part are you from frederick well i'm from the like actually it's it's more like the middle of sweden you would Mm -hmm. say um but you know sweden is a really long country so yeah yeah you talk about stockholm it's basically a bit south for, for me um I'm I'm like four hours north of Stockholm if you go by okay. the coast. So okay. yeah. it's a small town called Sundsvall. It's uh, yeah. All right, gotcha. It's one of the bigger oh, yeah. in the north parts of Sweden, but that doesn't say very much actually. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right, before we get deeper, let's do some plugs real quick, guys. Uh, always at the top, BattleForgeCoffee.com. That's the homies in Deeds of Flesh, bringing you the caffeine bean. Um. It's great stuff. They got merch. They got coffee. Go support them because we very much back that company. And it's not just because it's the homies. We've all sampled. We've all more than sampled. We're getting a hefty dose of that caffeine bean. And uh, we love it, dude. I went through it. Especially this late at night. Yeah, this late at night. We needed it. Yeah, that would have been nice. Yeah, We're good. <laughs> but you're out of it already, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, dude, go uh, support the homies. That's underground death metal bringing you the number one drug in the world, caffeine. <laughs> um, yeah, what a sell, dude. Nice work on that. That was a good one. I yeah, like I like that. It really is. <laughs> if you think about it, it's the number one drug in the world. Um, then second number one second number two second drug number in the world is uh cali death podcast merch that's that's the second drug that needs to spread through the planet cali death podcast.bigcartel.com got a couple t-shirts the professor will be personally bagging your order if you order from him 
that's me that's that's shirts <laughs> you guys yeah. fuck with me so much when i fucking i'm reading i'm mid-thought and then all of a sudden i'll see a picture of me kicking back at an early episode <laughs> um, <laughs> i love this new style of uh the chat just doing it for us <laughs> like I'm, they're getting multiple people like typing in the addresses like battleforge we got fucking but i wanted to uh <laughs> shout out our latest guest uh sorry uh purchasers of t-shirts uh carlos miranda uh from chula vista i think he's in the band parasitic i think he oh, got yeah. a shirt from us and then a shout dude out. named um werewolf falcon master parks <laughs> all right I love that name from ohio who i saw ordered a shirt as we were driving through ohio or like just passed and i'm like we could have literally stopped by his house and <laughs> just drop dropped it, it at his house <laughs> yeah literally we we're like i got the like the order like minutes after we passed it it was hilarious so. wow yeah that's actually awesome. a pretty fucking cool synchronicity right there i don't know if i would have wanted to meet the werewolf uh falcon master in person but <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah anyway uh, thanks we just got we got, um, we just got, we got a uh we got a, a little shout out in a recent promo for a tour right who i saw that in a uh a story somebody was wearing our shirt that was recently on and i i'm sorry i forget the names of everybody that's been on and the don't show. bring it up well, come on, dude. I thought it was fucking cool, dude. It's like, oh, shit. Dude almost tripped out of his house, and then he's laying on the ground. Oh, uh, that's uh, Tim from Paroxysmal. Oh, sorry. Uh, dude. Okay. Damn, Shout out Tim, dude. Shout out Tim. Tim rules. I know. It yeah. Like, it was super funny, dude. He's just walking out of his house talking. He's like a promo. He's doing a promo, and all of a sudden he trips, and then it cuts, and then the next thing he's like laying on the ground, and he's just wearing the Cali Death Podcast t-shirt while he's talking. I just thought it was funny. Okay. Shout out to him, dude. Oh, yeah. I'll appreciate that. All right. Um, well, we don't have, right. we, we still have Chicago. We don't have any tours. So, uh, the Paras, he's on tour right now. <laughs> um, I think if you take a time machine, sorry. <laughs> uh, I'm going to throw another flyer on uh, our banners, brand, whatever um, thing right now, because I am, I am doing a show. I already put the Cali Death podcast uh, logo on the flyer. Nice. Uh, it's July 28th with Narcotic Wasteland. Oh, sick. Uh, uh, Tegmentum, which is a uh, kind of new, new launched band. It's been around for a while, but that Kenji's has... Kenji's band, right? Kenji yeah. from Narcotic, and yeah, he does this. It's got Ontogeny, Andrew Baird. Yeah. Andrew mm -hmm. is drumming mm -hmm. for them. Um, and then uh, Gorgatron are doing the tour. And then the local band, besides Last of Lucy, <clears throat> is Innominate. So that's a five-band bill. It's in Long Beach, California, Sick. Friday, July 28th. Come out. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll get the flyer up here for you guys soon. Yeah, uh, Frederick, what, uh, what, do you have anything to plug as far as like merch and stuff like that? Uh, well, of course. I mean, if we would be very happy if you, if you want to buy, buy our merch. And I mean, from the U.S., you can go buy indie merch. Uh, we have merch there, and if you're in Europe, we have from Impericon as well. Nice. Um, so th that's the that's the sources that you need mm -hmm. to buy mm -hmm. subscription merch. Definitely. Is and there that any helps... main hub for subscription website wise that you want people to go to? Uh, no, we don't have we don't have a main hub in that way. We use Facebook and Instagram a lot. Yeah. So mm -hmm. if if you want to follow us there on, on either Facebook or Instagram, that would be great. Um, we were starting to uh, 
to up our social media game somewhat. Uh, we right. have never been that good on it, uh, but now we're trying to to put ourselves out there a bit more. I'm still so terrible follow us on at Facebook it, or Instagram. Yeah, awesome. I mean, man. I mean, just to give my little spe- quick speech on disruption, I feel like I'll just do a quick one. I feel do like it. you guys have kind of created a genre of music and it, it's like seriously like i mean seeing you at um you know i've listened to you guys for years but um i've loved it um seeing you guys with suffocation and atheists and stuff like that um and seeing how it worked live so well like you came on and you were just pissed and i was like i was like oh god who the fuck is this guy he's scaring the shit out of me and i was like and that was a cool like an old school microphone that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was cool. It's that not was like cool. Everybody and, else is holding the sure he's holding something that looks like it's but from one, the 50s. Yeah. One thing about the disruption style, and you see a lot of uh, bands like catching on, because I mean, bands that are getting big right now, um, is a lot of the. It's, I mean, I think it all kind of. It's kind of you guys took a maybe a style of the. What's that? Uh, uh, from Decapitated, uh, Nihility, the. What's the song that everyone. Spheres, spheres, spheres. like a sphere, but like allowing the space in between, like the breaks, and and when it when it's done tightly live, I was like, this is like the most fun death metal to watch, like right now. And I was kind of like resistant to it a little bit, and I was like, I don't know, like you know, I was like, because I was just kind of like confused and didn't understand it. And seeing it live, man, it really, I was like, this is the best. This is. The most sonically pleasing death metal to see live, like right yeah. now. Like 100%. I was like, I was. I mean, actually, Casey saw this tour before it came to me, yeah. and Casey yeah. was like, "I think Surruption was the My was the winner on." Yeah, yeah, I know on that on that tour, and I was like, "What?" And then I saw it live, and I was like, "I get it," because all the those hard stops and like the groove in it. Like yeah, I feel like yeah. th- you guys have created a genre that a lot of people mention you like. You know, Entheos and Zenith and all these all these bands coming yeah. up that are like you guys are like the forefathers of that, and uh, I'm very um, excited to see what it brings. Pretty much, so I'm, I'm very stoked you're here, Frederick. No, oh, wow, thank you. Um, I mean, the the interesting thing is that when you when we started the the whole music thing back in the day, we didn't think about these kind of kind of things. Of course, mm-hmm. as you say, decapitated was a a big influence from uh, especially Tony and Anton back in the day. Uh, for, mm. for me, uh, I came from like a, a bit of another angle, I think. At that point, I listened a lot to Origin and Cryptox, of course, but yeah, I, and a bit Campbell Corpse. But then I, I was into a, a whole like the more, it was it was kind of early, you know, the 2000s. So I, mm-hmm. I listened more to like the new metal kind of things. Than, yeah, yeah, us too. <laughs> uh, and, yeah, uh, and at that time, I played, I played in a band that. Uh, that was like doing a metalcore thing in the well in the two thousands. So that should be more like the new metal part. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm I've started growling, uh, and at that time I didn't even know what growling was either. I just invented it for myself, and later realized that oh, this is a, actually a technique people are using. So you know, mm. I invented something that really that existed already. Um, so uh, so Frederick, everything just melded we- together. Well, before we move forward from there, because that sounds like you're already, you know, well into, you know, building your craft at the time that you're talking right now. Let's take it back to before that, you know, Um, I want to know about your childhood a little bit. I want to know about 
you know, your parents and how artistic or non-artistic they were, how, what kind of music they listened to, if they were musicians themselves and, or vocalists themselves. I want to know about all that, but take us back to like that early memory where art and music or either, or made an impact on you. I think, well, if we go by my parents, uh, my father has been into music a bit when he was younger. He played skiffle a bit. Um, he also played the trumpet, which I did at <laughs> the early stages as well. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and and he, he has been in, in a band back in the day that played skiffle then. Um, he, he didn't do like a career of it or anything. So even, even I think, of course, I've gotten support from day one for me following up on music. Uh, I've, I've studied it when I was like in high school and well, the equivalent here in Sweden of high school at least. Uh, so I've gotten the support for the music and uh, I don't think that's uh, a thing that's because my father has done music. I think they've always just been supportive, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the in the Swedish system that we that we have here, there's a lot of room for creativity. I think as well, so That's it's cool. easy to start that that kind of journey. I mean, if if we're going to talk a bit of broader spectrum here in Sweden in general, we have a lot of like metal bands. We have a lot of musicians, right? Know. We, know, we, we definitely know. Of, we know. We know. Yeah, we yeah. definitely know. So, <laughs> I, I think. I think that our social security system is one one thing of it because if you pursue something that you really really care about, you you kind of know that you can because even if even if everything were to go sour, you still have something. You know, you, you wouldn't be like thrown out on the street just because it didn't work. So right. I think that gives uh, security to pursue culture and, and and that kind of stuff and even though i didn't think about it that way when i was younger i mean it's still a big part of why everything has worked so well i mean i i studied music i studied uh, music production and sound engineering and all that kind of stuff um, during the, the early days of like mm-hmm. my education so so, so if it, yeah it, so to, to to make it short i mean I, i've always got we have some music in in the in the family. We have also some music like with my, my like cousins and stuff. But it it isn't like something. I, I'm not a torchbearer here or something like that. It's just I've always gotten the support. To, right, to right. It. So talk about you know some early music that made an impact on you or um, wanting you know yearning to play an instrument early all those kinds of things any anything like that pop up if if no instrument then at least like um just early music um influences that you can remember yeah um the fun thing at this time i had a lot of friends who were listening like to iron maiden and they went that path i mean iron maiden metallica and you know, Slayer and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I didn't go that way, really. I, I started to listen to, I don't think they're that internationally known. Uh, they are quite known here in Sweden and, like, in Europe. It's a, it's a band called Clawfinger. They played, like, um, well, they were kind of early with the whole, you know, rap and metal thing in, in mm-hmm. Sweden. So I listened Clawfinger. to them, and I think... 
Clawfinger, yeah. Um, and when and so this is like early nineties, mid nineties, what? Early nineties, yeah. Okay. Okay. So so I kind of started there, and I think they made like a foundation for what what I would find ne- next. Find next, and that was like, of course, Corn, Marilyn Manson, all that kind of stuff that went went big in in that mm-hmm. kind of area at that point, and. Um, so I was big into the, the you know, the the class, the new metal thing, you know, system. Right. Metal, the, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. As, oh, as Joel and I were as well. Yeah. Uh, I think that the turning point for me when, when things became like I was really interested in, in the harder side of music was uh, Slipknot and Mudvayne. Uh, at that point, uh, uh, I... I started to like expand because Slipknot for me at that time was like, oh, can, can shit go any harder than this? I mean, yeah, can they? And, and the answer was yes, of course. But uh, I, I started to find like, you know, Cryptopsy Origin. And then I remember also. But in your little. The, the Berserker. Yeah. Oh, the Berserker. Yeah. I was just going to say, yeah. in your oh, little bubble, yeah. when, when, you, when you, you're building up to something as a teenager like Slipknot or Mudbane, yeah. and you, nobody you don't know about death metal you don't know about extreme metal at all well joel did a little bit his dad his dad his brother was trying to feed it to him but he was just like not ready for it yet but he still went through his new metal stage and then you know built the receptors to take in death metal and all that stuff but just experiencing that first on your own to me was like this is kind of the most it is the most extreme thing i had ever listened to yeah. at that point until yeah. somebody gave me morbid angel cannibal corpse you know all this stuff so it it i always will respect that new metal phase in my life because it was yeah. a, a a very sturdy stepping stone into yeah. the real extremes for me you know yeah for me it wasn't about like uh because f- i already knew what the most extreme stuff was like hearing it but i needed to be led into it i couldn't just jump directly from you know corn to to suffocation like i needed i needed my stepping stones to be like all right all right, all right. This slipknot's a little harder. All right, blast beats and okay. All right, this is a little harder. All right, I needed to like slowly go up to because when you go from like corn to suffocation or morbid angel and stuff, it's kind of like, all right, well, this is crazy, but I don't get it. And you know, like you mm-hmm. like the the whole process of slowly walking into it, I think is what's so nostalgic and awesome about that whole process. You know what I mean? Like it's going like the extreme steps. Like when it's like for me, it wasn't like listening to fucking, you know, like Bush when I was a little kid going like, oh, yeah. Doug. And then hearing Campbell Corpse and being like, fuck, this is so much more extreme. It was like I needed to think, slowly be led into it. Casey, I think that's all like also kind of about like your friends you're hanging out with, you know, and your yeah. friends are just like, oh, yeah, that's cool. But this and they're all rocking out. And you're just like, I guess this is, you know, <laughs> you kinda, yeah, yeah. You know yeah. yeah, you need that kind of push a little bit with like, especially with extreme vocals and stuff going from yeah. like singing stuff to like, you know, like you need, you need like a, a olive branch kind of in the middle of that. You can't just like jump straight. Yeah. I mean, you can. You, I couldn't. What do you think, yeah. Frederick, about that? Um, the, the, thing, uh, the thing I'm thinking about is that. Um, we're talking about like the early 90s and stuff and i mean internet yeah, wasn't yeah. that big of a thing uh, it started mm-hmm. to like you you were there on your dial-ups maybe 
you know, a chat room or two, oh, yeah. or, you know, that kind of stuff. So there, there wasn't that really a good ground for you to find new music. I remember a site called mp3.com or something like that. Yep. Oh, yeah. That was kind of the only thing I knew about, like, oh, I can search for music here. And, you know, you, you rarely found anything. And so you were kind of bound to the people you had around you to, to like, uh, you mm-hmm. should then think they should hear you like new music and that kind of stuff. Um, and I, I hadn't, uh, there wasn't anyone around me that really was into like death metal and that kind of stuff. So for, for me, Slipknot for a long time was like, well, this is the hardest thing. I remember when I, for me, it was like the, I, I probably heard Cryptopsy before Cannibal Corpse just because that's the way everything mm-hmm. went down. Someone showed mm-hmm. me Cryptopsy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, so, which that's a possibility that that definitely yeah. can happen in somebody i i say cannibal corpse it is kind of cliche to be like cannibal corpse is the one who or morbid angel is the one who got me into it that is kind of a a more cliche thing to say but like cryptopsy most definitely can be somebody's first introduction you know it's literally my same what frederick is saying it's it was like you know going through new metal then it was slipknot then it was cryptopsy like Mm. like that was like literally the next one was like that was my extreme i had a um fucking i don't say curse you i'm sorry i'm I'm drinking a little bit but uh and then you'll beg and then i had um uh whisper supremacy i was so i actually um um cold hate warm blood so um, I was in, in high school. I could play the riffs from that. And, you know, it was Derek, who's in the faceless, and much people like. But back then, we were little kids back then, and they were just like, "Dude, this guy can play fucking cryptopsy. We got to like jam with him." Mm-hmm. And then they were like, "I could play Cold Plate One Blood." Like pretty much all the way through, and because um, I was like, just kind of went from Slipknot went to cryptopsy. That was like my next step, and uh, that's how I joined, hanging out with Derek and stuff. But same but kind of like. Haven't... That solid stepping stone that I was just talking about, Slipknot will send you into exactly many directions from that point if you really, if you really connect with that and understand what's going on, you're ready for a lot after that. You know, yeah, so many genres like built into one genre. You know, I know so, uh, most of new metal was kind of garbage, guys. I understand. So when yeah, it's like nostalgic garbage. Metal, what are you talking about? I mean, but me- not still not garbage for me. But I mean, look, if I were to be like a adult now, getting into it, I'd be like, yeah, I get it. I'd make fun of it too. It's but so here's the thing. <laughs> but like, though, so now, it, as an adult looking back, there's bands that you know Frederick just mentioned, Slipknot and mm-hmm. Mudbane. Those Mudbane, two yeah. bands right there. I've now really felt like they might not really be in that new metal genre. They were lumped into it, but at the, it's kind of like they Alice had, they had and Grunge. some riffs. Yes, there is some Mudvayne riffs that sound like old corn riffs, but there's some other things that are happening in both of those bands that I think we all understand were what made it that solid stepping stone I'm talking about. I think Mudvayne was the bass and Slipknot was the drums. Those are two things that like progressed you. Drums going to like a different speed, where it's like not just dun, 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 and it's like and like there's a bass fucking slap, and you're like I'm paying attention. But to I would actually now. throw it back to Mudvayne for making me understand progressive drums. Oh, because they had odd timings and stuff, didn't they? Yeah, LD yeah. LD fifty is there's tons of yeah, progressive yeah. elements to that album. Fucking drummers just killing it, dude. Really quick. <laughs> uh, 
my student like was like we should play this song and it was just like mud or oh, no it was uh opera oh. roach dude and it was like that <laughs> song that goes like no reason it has that riff and i was like that's like iron maiden like i was like i knew i was like what was that and i like googled it and it was like papa roach or some shit genghis khan iron maiden i was like yeah that's the part like did it you're talking about the uh last resort as the yeah 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 like you know i don't you know i didn't know Totally. Anyways, yeah, yes. So back well, to Frederick. Uh, yeah. Joseph, you take well, what do you got, Joseph? Real quick. I was gonna ask you. So you said you didn't know anybody who listened to death metal at that time. Did you know that Sweden was a hot spot for death metal? Maybe like ten or so years before, Entombed and all that stuff. Uh, no, I, I didn't know much about Entombed. I actually listened a lot to like to the Gothenburg sound, though. Uh, Okay. This was a, a bit later, but about the same time. But I didn't, since where where I came from, I didn't really realize that that was death metal either in that way. I didn't think mm-hmm. about it that way. Uh, I, I love In Flames. I love At The Gates. Uh, those two especially. But there's, a, I mean, there's a lot of bands from, from Gothenburg that are great. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dark Tranquility as well, I listened a lot to. Okay. Uh, I didn't think about them in the way that it was some kind of death metal but i i missed uh, the whole like uh, stockholm sound with the, the dismember and into that kind of stuff okay um, so the stuff that was around was the gothenburg sound at that time it was still relevant to to your generation or yeah, just yeah. you or yeah i i think i think to my generation as well uh, i would say but um, and I, when I think back about it, I, I had like some friend who listened to like Possessed. Uh, I didn't realize that that was death metal either at that time. You know, mm-hmm. that's the thing that I think it's interesting when, depending on how big a city you're coming from, since we talked about the communication back then wasn't the same way it is now. Today, it's easy to realize what kind of music is out there but mm-hmm. it, it wasn't at that at the point you had to go like to buy a fucking cd from somewhere or read a magazine to get yeah. something new that's how i i found about uh, Mudvayne. Um, I, I read like a metal hammer and there was like a big thing and i saw the the paint and the stuff and I, th- I thought about slipknot and thought like well i need to listen to these guys um and i did and i mean all the gimmicks aside with Mudvayne, uh they are great fucking musicians and i uh, we're talking about ld50 i i still put that record up there with like one one of the greatest of all time i think i do too dude i can listen to that one front to back and have a great time every time i listen to it um you guys are making me think of something that i've never really really put some thought into which is um how cool is it to because i've definitely had these experiences where you're experienced to a new style of metal or music in general where you can't you don't know what it's called so you're working it out in your head as you're listening to it pure organic there's nobody telling you what this is this is uh for you to try and comprehend and describe in the moment you know nobody's put a label on it yet 
that's definitely happened to me with many bands and i think that's that's a uh awesome uh experience to have untarnished um by anybody else you know you're just like i think of like lamb of god's new american gospel i don't remember i i I can't i can't put a label on what that music was to me the first time i heard it we were calling it like uh we were saying that his vocals were kind of grind chorish and i'm like now and in hindsight there's zero grindcore in that album you know (laughs) but we had no other way of describing it because we had never experienced it up until that point you know before you're all jaded and shit yeah those were good times exactly i think that like your pure like openness to what you're experiencing and trying to just like decipher it and and put it into your own language before anybody else can do it for you yeah that's actually kind of sick you're totally wrong but it's (laughs) sick (laughs) nice i mean Uh, i think there's place for 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 both in many things i think there's one one part where where it's it's good that you take something that you already know what it is and try to perfect it that's a, a big point in music i think like Mm-hmm. If you listen to a lot of the music today, that's what what people do. They take something they like and they try to make their own thing of it, but also perfect what all what's already there. But then you have the transition to try to push it, push the envelope in, in one way or another. I'm uh, right on top of the head, top of my head right now. I'm thinking about Igor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're doing something new, and when you listen to that kind of music, you get well, you get great music, of course, but you also Definitely. get an idea of like, oh, well, you can, you can think about death metal or, or extreme metal in this way as well. You can yeah. merge the, those things together and you need both these kinds of elements when, when you're like, start to build what you like about music. And mm-hmm. I think for me, you, the, the later part with the, that I said about trying to do something new, that's what new metal did. They tried just to do things. And, yeah. And uh, I think a lot of the music we have today, we have even even though people can think about Papa Roach and stuff at, at that time and feel like maybe you don't like it as much uh, now as you did then or something like that. I think all those bands uh, really were experimental in a way and tried to make something new. And I think that really benefited the music scene today that they did that. that For sure. I agree, dude. I, I definitely agree. Even if uh, you... you uh, didn't experience it or didn't get it or didn't like it or whatever there's still an element of that little blip that happened that added a a nice spice to what was going to be the evolution of metal you know yeah because new metal was like a one of those burn the candle at both ends deal but it was still something that alchemically was a, a an important component to a lot of the later things that happened you know yeah you know it's interesting too is that like like tool is a band that kind of like never really gets kind of lumped into the new metal thing but like kind of like like is in the sense but not you know yeah, yeah it's like uh, they they no. dabbled they were there before it and they like yeah. some of their stuff influenced what new metal was doing and then it kind of like crossed over for a slight second you know 
But I think like basically the, it's kind of like the idea of like where like rock can go or grunge can go. Like it's like, the, what's the next thing, you know, like, you know, like in the late nineties and stuff. And that mm-hmm. kind of turned into like bands like corn and bands like tool and even nine inch nails and industrial stuff too, like on that side. But you know, it's like, I don't know. Like, I just think that those bands weren't really like, 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 like new metal, like a lot of times can be like all the other bands like mud vein and all that other stuff. But, um, but there was like bands that were kind of before it or, you know, like, like even slipknot, we were talking about like in the other episode, like they're not necessarily straight new metal. They're kind of this Mm -hmm. other genre and stuff. So, you know, it's like just basically heavy rock turning into metal crossover in that kind of thing. Yeah. So it's all just, you know, yeah. Tables and stuff. But so Frederick, you mentioned you were playing in a couple bands before Surreption. So maybe we could hear about your history of whatever projects you had and, and then eventually how Surreption got started. Well, the earliest bands aren't really bands in that, you know, you start somewhere and, and we did I actually played in like an hour, yeah, Iron Maiden cover band. We kind of yeah. like to hear about those. Let's let's hear <laughs> a little bit of details of those bands though too. Wait, like wait, those wait, Iron Maiden cover band, really? Yeah, Casey's yeah, fucking. He's, I, his I, ears I, are perking I up right now, story. dude. Tell me. Yeah. Now, the the thing is, uh, I had a few friends that really loved Iron Maiden, uh, and I just wanted to play bass um, at that point. Um, oh, so man. I just wanted to play bass with them because it didn't really matter they could have played anything to be fair i i, I yeah. just wanted to like play music because I've, I've started to like trying to find myself in that in that arena but uh, i remember the the ter- turning point for me it's it's a it's a quite kind of weird and boring story but we we had like a rehearsal we we're gonna have a new singer in the band uh, he wasn't really uh, cutting it, uh, he, he couldn't. He couldn't sing, um, but I mean, he tried, and kudos for that. How could you be in an uh, Iron Maiden cover band and not be able to sing, dude? If you, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it, 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 this wasn't Sorry, a dude. band, but you know, it was just a couple of friends who wanted to play music together. If if we would have continued along the road, maybe we have, would have been like a band. At the, this point, it was more like a a group of people playing Iron Maiden cover songs. I would say. Right. We didn't have right. a name or anything, um, but we we tried to get a singer in. It didn't really work, and and we had the drummer and me. who were like kind of tired because they were going through the song with the singer, and, and he wasn't really getting anywhere. So the drummer started to play something. I started just to yell to him playing, just fooling around, and I started just screaming there. Uh, and for some reason, that that became a thing. So I we made some weird like I started to scream Iron Maiden songs just with. Yeah, a bad, a bad screaming technique, and you know all that <laughs> kind of jazz. Yeah. So that's how we started. We we did like uh, we played like uh, at school at some point where we um, like at the end of the year we we played a Talent song show or something. No, it wasn't even like that. It was just I, I don't. It was weird. We played music, and the teacher were like they were trying to be make it so that we could play because we played music, and we were doing that weird fucking Iron Maiden thing where I was screaming and, and it was kind of fun in a way. Uh, but <laughs> um, how bad? I cu- I, was real bad? quick, I was, you just made me remember I cut my first performance in front of people was covering Slipknot songs in front of my high school during lunch. Everybody's yeah. eating, they're 
their meals and I'm screaming, wait and bleed at them or something. You know? <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a weird feeling, but at the same time, it's like exhilarating when you're young and you're just performing. You're just, you know, you need, I mean, I, there's no shame here. You need to start somewhere, even yeah. though it probably sounded horrible. Um, but it, it, it is what it is. I mean, it is kind of like that. Um, but at least it, it, um, I, I felt like doing more music. So then when I got to, to high school, um, I, I went for like a music. Uh, we have like uh, these programs when we go to high school. You can like uh, go more about more for maths, or you can go more for social science and stuff. And I went for music. We all we always have like the the core where you have like math and social science and, and yeah and and that kind of stuff on on all programs. But you 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 lean into someone something a bit more. And I went on the music program, and and that was was where. I started to like broaden my horizons in, in many ways. I mean, when we talked about the, the new metal stage and that, I mean, that really took off at that point. Um, and that's also when I started to play with like my first real band, you would say, who had a name, who played Joe's, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, so that, that band is, uh, we actually had a reunion last Friday uh, no shit. Had, I thought you were about yeah, to say like last year. You said last Friday. <laughs> yeah, we actually last Friday. We, we, A high school band reunion that just happened. That's rad. I've, I mean, I, we we actually stopped playing in 2007, I think. 2006, oh, okay. 2007. And then, um, then we had a reunion like seven years later, I think, about mm-hmm. something like that. I'm not going to do the maths here in the morning, but something like that. <laughs> uh, so we had a reunion there. And then... Uh, 10 years from that reunion was this Friday. So we played again uh, one time now. That's um, cool, dude. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, and that, that is a good, th- that band was kind of more, it's, it's called Disdain. It was um, heavily new metal influenced, but I think we, we were more, mostly influenced more about the, the you know, the, the proggy style we were talking about earlier, like Mudvayne Tool. Also, sleep not in in ways. Uh, So we we know like four four beats in this music. It's all everything is just weird. Any recordings you guys did? Yeah, bad recordings. They they're up. Yeah, (laughs) they're up on YouTube if someone wants to seek them out. Uh, All right. Um. So I mean, um, fun music, uh, and uh, we have always had a fun time playing. uh, But that that kind of was was the band that everything took off because when I w- went into the band if we're talking about my vocal journey is that I, I was just screaming um, now in hindsight when I listened to it it sounded awful really really awful I mean mm-hmm. back then I, I kind of knew it sounded you know you, you were listening to it, it was, I, I don't really want to sound like this so you're trying to yeah. to find ways to sound better but it was when when i found like my my growing technique just by it just happened by chance i was like finding like a spot in my throat where i could like push some air through it and when i started using that things started to sound better uh, way better um, and then that was when i started to like evolve on that technique in ways nice dude so what project was it where you started really using that and that was like the main tool in the bag was the growling technique 
it, it was that band. It became like that, at least. It just yeah. started with a, with a bad technique, and then I found the grounded technique. Okay. Uh, and when I found the grounded technique, I, j- I wanted to make that better as well. And and then I had a few bands that I was like listening to. Uh, you have to understand. Also, I didn't I, I didn't really know that that it was a technique that that people were using at the start. Uh, I, I kind of when I started to realize that it was a technique that people actually used um i started to find the people that i i really liked how they used it and i had two bands that i was practicing a lot like the songs too and it was opeth with michael okerfeld mm-hmm. uh, i have always liked his like the thickness of it uh the output yeah. um, mm-hmm. um like it's, it's not he, he doesn't do much of the dubs and stuff he just makes makes the sound be really thick and you, you can like go very far with just like yeah it's, it's a rich sound mm-hmm. so I, I i practice a lot of like that kind of stuff and i also when you talked about earlier about spawn possession here um i had a song called uh, church of deviance Mm. Because I wanted to be fast, I want I wanted to do the chops. I didn't know they were calling chops at that point either, but I wanted mm. to growl fast. So I was like singing the Church of Deviant song a lot, like just rehearsing to be to be quick. Nice. When I growl, yeah. Um, I'm not trying to deviate from mm. what you just said, but uh, mm. ch- calling them chops, I actually never really heard it used in death metal that way. But I have heard it in hip hop that way. Yeah. When you're rapping fast, they, uh, uh, at least the rappers that I respect and have listened to have called it chopping. Yeah. And, or chopping it up. It's and good. it's, that's actually really cool that um, you're using that term for the same thing in another genre of music that i love just as much as the chopping yeah. and hip-hop so yeah i'm i'm gonna start chopping it up more dude yeah <laughs> yeah dennis death metal are kind of alike i mean vocal wise it's just different yeah. techniques in it in a way um not fully of course the the hip-hop thing has a, has a lot of like i'm not trying to downplay rap here but i think there's a lot of similarities that we aren't usually talking about a lot exactly growling and death metal and and, and hip-hop yeah. and i think that might be the uh silent reason as a part of the many reasons why i like both genres you know yeah. there's definitely elements of uh i mean everybody's building up to a breakdown in both genres you know everybody's waiting for the beat to drop you know (laughs) and uh but uh all right so that's cool so frederick you you're finding your voice with this band and those are some really cool uh influences that you're and, and it's really cool to hear you know that you didn't really know about like that growling technique before you found it yourself and that's totally fucking cool dude so um let's talk about how how much further you go with it um until you get to surreption i mean when what year did surreption start Uh, 2003 maybe uh it's, it's a bit hazy oh, wow. for me it was it's a long time ago yeah so um, it goes back so maybe 2004 it was way back at least. so we're already kind of bridging at the end of the bridge to surreption in your timeline yeah. then yeah 
Okay. Um, so let's talk about since, since, how you get up to it. Yeah, since since I don't really know, I don't remember <laughs> the exact uh, when the when here, but um, I, I was doing that band disdain. I was starting with the growl and stuff. And Tony, he came to me one day, like at the at the pub. So I think it was, it might have been two thousand four, two thousand five. Let's let's drop it. Um, but uh, he came up to me and just like, "Do you want to play in a death metal band?" And I was like, "Fuck yeah, that sounds fun!" And you know, when when you're out, you're having a few beers and stuff, starting bands. I didn't think much of it. Uh, mm-hmm. I think like, of course I want to, uh, and I didn't think that it's going to happen. So I just continue with my life in the ordinary way. Um, but uh, a few months later, they they dropped a few songs. But can you write some lyrics and some like? Uh, some vocal lines for this and i was like sure so i did that and that became our ep the illuminate excessive uh, ep that mm. we recorded um so yeah so, so it, 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 it took some time there but i mean I, the whole the whole start was that i i, I basically used a, a song technique that was kind of you know Tony, if we're going to talk about like Tony and, and Anton at that time, they were actually listening a lot more to like Decapitated, that kind of stuff. Bands I re- didn't really know existed at that point either. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so they were more into the, the death metal part at that point. I was just using a technique that was was like um, like ordinary in that kind of music. So that they uh, they asked me for that reason. Um, so I, I evolved a lot, I think, just in the early stages. Um, because since I, I've used it in a in a in a weirder fashion before in, in like a you know a more progressive new metal metal core whatever you want to call it but mm-hmm. you would uh, mention writing I wanted to dig into your past a little bit again with the writing mm-hmm. aspect um, I'm a writer I call myself a writer. Mm-hmm. Um, and you write your own lyrics as well. So I want to know a little bit about, you know, the origins of that. Did you write poetry in the past? Or are you a avid reader? That type of thing. No, no. <laughs> I, I've always wanted to be an avid reader, but, I, but I'm not, to be fair. Um, Same. <laughs> I like books. I just don't have the, maybe the patience to sit down with them mm-hmm. that often. Where do you get your inspiration for writing then? Um, I mean, I think a lot, I guess. Um, so, I mean, the writing for me becomes the lyrics in one way or another. I always try to, I mean, at the early stages with the other band, I've always put a lot of a lot of effort and a lot of thought into the lyrics. I think they're important. I also leave my thing where I, I don't want the lyrics to be too obvious. I don't mm-hmm. have any problems with people having obvious lyrics. That's it's just for me. I, I want right. the lyrics to be when someone reads what I what I do. I don't want them to like be served everything I mean. I want it to be layers. I mm-hmm. want people to read mm-hmm. it and, and build their own their own interpretation of what I'm what I'm what i'm what i've written you sound exactly like me so far i'm i'm on board 100 percent. yeah so so basically when when i even back then and and in the early surreptions i I usually write in layers uh i write in one layer where it's like a bit easier to interpretate uh, interpret Mm -hmm. the lyrics 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I al- always have layers where I where I build more on the metaphors of things. So mm-hmm. uh, and the, and and the and the layers they are for me uh, basically, but they are, they are also for for you as the as the reader or the listener to build upon. So, Frederick, yeah, I love so I love I just yeah. fell in love with you so much more, dude, because you sound <laughs> exactly like how I write, dude. I I have yeah. things just for me, but they're still yeah. for you. I love yeah. that. That's, that's well perfect. Put, yeah, well put. These are things for me, and they're also for you. I, I, ah, yes. Yeah, things like lyrics that like of Anthony has gone over with me that has to do with like his deep family stuff, but like it's still kind of outwardly accessible for everyone else to make their own assumptions on what's going on or what to, for themselves. A lot of people like, even you know, I know people close to me that listen to lyrics, and and they they have to like basically will take the lyrics and make it about their situation somewhere else but like yeah. it was written in a completely different manner but they'll take it and be like oh this is you know i can apply this to my situation and now this works perfectly like this is mm-hmm. why this is my favorite song you know yeah. and I, I love that interpretation and taking something that you've heard and then making it you know applicable to your life you know yeah. and I there's something about it, there's something that the like the country western aspect of writing lyrics of like i'm going to the store and i'm getting a six pack i'm going to the place and i'm gonna do rip rap and all this kind of <laughs> shit and just like it's like they're so straightforward with what they're talking about it's there's no room for like yeah, expansion you know mm-hmm. yeah, yeah you don't need to interpret it they're giving it to you blatantly like, he's going to the words. store he's getting beer <laughs> he's gonna go in his truck <laughs> and then like you can't you can't like be like yeah. oh that really a, it's like, a song it's about capitalism right actually yeah <laughs> <laughs> exactly zero if you, metaphors if you just, just get a little more metaphor. vague and use a couple yeah. metaphors then all of a sudden you get the person who's listening to you to think about some things you know yeah it sounds like the country western aspect of it is to get people to not think and to just get on the autopilot and like, fucking, this is what i'm about and you're like this wait me i'm going to the store too and <laughs> yeah, they're, listen, they're driving to the store they're like dude i'm going to the store too right now this song is my song dude. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is for me right now <laughs> totally and that's kind of like as far as they want to go with it that's the surface level and then you do metaphors they don't want to they're the people who can't dive deep they're the snorkelers that can't dive deeper than above the surface <laughs> okay um so how come uh the songs to the illuminate ep are just one two three and four as titles that, that was an idea um, from the start that we were going to have like only numbers for songs. Um, uh-huh. We tried that. Um, I mean, it's a cool idea. They would basically mean that in, on the later records it was be song thirty-eight. But it, it was a it was it was a test, and uh, we talked about it afterwards. And I I made my uh, my point from it. It was that I think that a, a song name can can bring a lot to the memorability of the song. I mean, now people. Re- remember like oh i like two and it's like oh fine but now we only have four numbers but it's gonna mm. be weird when it's like 27 i really like that song <laughs> uh, uh, but the fun thing about the numbers is that even to this day we we, we make the songs we still do them by the numbers we still okay. have like oh, okay okay like the song called 
38 or anything. So we, we, we're still doing the numbers for us. Just I don't know why. I love it, it's, that. It's been a thing. Yeah. Because but during practice, yeah. could you guys just be like, can I do like do number 13 right now? Can we do 13? Can you guys just jump into 13 right now? At the early stages, it, it was like that. <laughs> yeah, I think okay, okay, today, today we have. How's it with you? You're like, all right, dude. So the the 15th riff and 33, and 17. <laughs> I mean, I, I think if I remember correctly, uh, um, I think it was a thing like at the with the deterioration of minds record. Uh, we we still talked about the songs as numbers, okay. but since we have stopped actually naming the numbers, we. Mm-hmm. At this point, we aren't talking about it like that anymore. But, mm-hmm. you know, for, for a while it was. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I I see exactly that. It would have been tricky to have a whole career off of numbered songs. But it is memorable that there is this EP out there and yeah. it's just one, two, three, and four. And um, yeah, it is in, insofar as it's just that, it definitely has always been a mystery. And I'm just like cool like i i kind of want to know what the real like i still feel like there are real titles though there's some part of my brain that's just like assumes that there always has to be something even if it hasn't been yeah if if they if they weren't numbers was it any of those be like do you have titles in your head for those songs if you talk if you think if you go on that same wavelength right now professor you can make your own titles read the lyrics and title those songs yourself (laughs) Yeah, but find the sickest line in there and be like, "That's the song name, right?" There. Was there titles for those, Frederick? Was there actually like titles? Like, did you have in your head for lyrically? Like, were like in your head, you were like, "This one's," you know, like I don't know. No, no, I, I didn't do any because I knew that we were gonna name them one, two, three, and four. So I okay, I okay, making. Uh, what what has happened is that we we don't play many those songs often live at all. Uh, okay. These days. And the one, the one we we played plays a bit. This was a few years ago, though. It's it's the number two, mm-hmm. and and uh, and I guess that I have presented it sometime in one way or another as to all I've seen. I think. Okay. Um, it's just because it's a it's a central okay. part of, of 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 the song's lyrics. So, but but it isn't its real name. But I've presented it that way because it's easier to say like that when the song starts and say two. That would yeah. be so yeah, yeah. fucking hilarious. That's that was what I was waiting to say. I was like, "This song is called Three. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you could just not even say that this song is called. Just like walk up to the mic and just be like, Three. <laughs> It's like let's just yell up numbers, and people would be like, "Oh fuck, that's from this album." No, nope, oh, no, it's not that album. You're wrong. It changed like between seventeen and yeah, yeah. That's cool. Uh, it's it's yeah. a cool idea, but yeah, I could see that it'd be hard to like actually execute to like keep it going, you know. But definitely a cool idea. So so with that EP, uh, when did you guys start playing live? Did you uh, have any shows before the deterioration record? Did you guys get picked up by a label on the strength of that EP? What was the next steps in the career? We have we have had a few labels, I think, even from that EP in one way or another, just local labels here that helps us. But that EP actually was like licensed by Listenable Records, if you know about them. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh yeah. Yeah. So they 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 sold that record. Oh, okay. Um, and it wasn't pressed in that many copies either. But the fun thing about that record is that we made the EP, uh, and we did uh, a show like in. in 
just before we released an EP. I don't know if it was a half a year or a few months, but we did that. Mm-hmm. And we wanted an EP as well to be like somewhat of a promotional thing for us. So we did the weird choice of, uh, of releasing a, a live a live DVD with that EP as well, but with our first every show on in, in the, here in our hometown. Whoa. So that's if you get the physical copy of that of that record, you will have a DVD as well that you can, can watch that first show we ever did. Oh, I missed I missed that yeah. when you'd get CDs back in the day and you could put it in your computer and then there would be like There's DVDs on it. Yeah, that it was, was, it was that... a CD and a DVD, so it was a double double disc. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, okay, got it. Sure. Yeah, that like, was actually... back in the day, like in the nineties, there'd be like a CD that you get, but like, oh, put it in your CD-ROM, it's and then there'd be like a music enhanced, video in there. They called it enhanced CD-ROM or some shit. Yeah, but the the double disc thing too, dude. I see it was physical copies were packaged in a way that you got like your bonus material just like dvds and blu-rays everybody's looking for the bonus material well a lot of great artists have put out the double disc thing where they have the like dvd of the making of the record or supporting that record on tour and just you know other awesome little tidbits that you would love as a real fan and now yeah. you just go on YouTube and you can find all that shit. You know? yeah, it's like yeah. it's like what's the tidbit? Like what's the tidbit of the album? It's like oh, there's a video of it. Like you can't like, and that's like a lot of things that are yeah. a lot of mysteries lost with music nowadays. It's not. It used to be like, oh, what are these guys all about? I have no idea. Well, and it's still like you can, like that's why like bands like you know I brought it up last week, but like Sleep Token, people are like. Oh, I don't know what's going on with them, and it's, it's like they're trying to bring it back the mystery thing, yeah. and like, and people have ate that up immediately. Like they're just like the the mystery used to be the music back in the day. It used to be like reading a a pamphlet was you all you knew about the musician. You'd be like, yeah. well, this guy thanks fucking martyr. All right, well, uh, I need to check you know I need to check out this band. Yeah. Now it's like, oh, let me just go to his Facebook. Uh, he made some weird yeah. comments. You know, it's like. <laughs> It's so, the mystery is kind of gone with music, and that's what's hard about like that excitement that we used to have as kids. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, you know, you know, it's annoying. Real quick, it's kind of like like if you go on the streaming services, so like I use Apple Music, or if you use Spotify, it doesn't matter, whatever. But like if you go on there and I like see see a band and I see their earliest album, and the dates can be wrong. Also, like that says on there. Oh yeah. But it's also like, even decrepit has wrong dates and stuff. It's super funny. But but it's like you see and you're like, oh, okay, these are the albums. And then like that's not the first album. You have to go to Metal Archives and search. Okay, that's not, this is the first album. Then like check it on YouTube and see if it's there. Like I know stuff. I don't own it and stuff. It's like annoying to like figure out like what is the band's entire dis- discography, you know? And it's not like clearly on the streaming service necessarily, you know. Mm-hmm like mm-hmm. everything you know or like the eps and the different you know it's like god damn it can't they just like make it all and pay the bands better well i <laughs> all things like come on just you know i think are you, are you talking shit? about the availability of all in one thing i just want everything I'm, I'm just i'm i'm getting old man about it i just want everything <laughs> in one thing that just has all the things i just want to look up a band and see all the eps all the demos all the things in one you know 
I don't want to. I mean, Discogs. Discogs is a good uh, resource. Yeah. Discogs.com will will show you everything any artist has released. I I can metal archives or like look it up. Even better is Discogs, dude. Metal archives is they 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 kind of slip. They get shit wrong and stuff. But but I mean, like like in, in the streaming thing that like plays all the music for me, you know. Oh yeah, no. They, like they like, just like on Apple I'm, Music, like I go on there and I'm like, sick, dude. And like their first album was like this year. And it's like, nope. I'm sorry, I thought you were talking about information. Yeah, yeah. getting it all. Oh yeah, dude. No. Yeah. We're, this is this is the. Uh, and they should pay the bands better. I've I've explained this many a times, dude. We've gone too deep to where now digitally yeah. our stuff is getting lost. There are certain aspects of music that we listen to that you can't find digitally. There's definitely a ton of underground hip hop, underground death metal that you can't find on Spotify. You can't can't even find it on Prime. You can't find it on any of these main hubs, but it's it's just all licensing. It's all corporate bullshit. That's the reason why you're not getting it on all one place. You're never going to get it in all one place because there's too many people trying to get slices of it. I know. I'm just. <laughs> I know. <laughs> like, how cool would that be? It's just like, what you just if I can just log into Apple Music, or whatever. Yeah. Just be like, all right, dude, Surreption, and be like every single thing they they have all the albums on there, right? But I'm missing something. Like, I I, I don't even know I'm missing something. That's the problem. There'll be one album missing. You're like, what the fuck? Or, or, yeah, like or, there was an album like before that, but it's not on Apple Music or it's not on there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you have to go on YouTube to find it because I, you know, I'm just like, God damn it. Like, I want to yeah. know like what was the first, you know, that pisses me off. So well, it's going back to like the, the old school shit where you just like didn't know. No, it's like, dude, they don't have it. What the fuck is the, you know, yeah. like before we used to have to find, or now it's just like, why is it all? Goodyear I'm Tower paying you monthly, like warehouse pre- present them. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, uh, I checked and it says that Illuminate came out in 2010, and it did not. It came out a few years before oh. 2010, so. That is an example of the very phenomenon you're talking about. So. Yeah, Spotify is terrible with it. Like, there's like there's albums that are like, oh, it's the newest album. Like this one came out in '84. Like what? Is like they completely get it because like they uploaded it at a certain time and they like type in like when did they, when did you upload it? It's like this is when the album. Yeah. Anyways, but uh, all right. So further on, deterioration of minds. Yeah, deterioration. I want to hear everything you can tell us about writing and recording that record because that's a huge album for me yeah i mean there's a lot to say i think we the thing we did with the ep and and uh, we were kind of surprised it gained for us in a small town newly starting in a lot of traction mm-hmm. um we did like we got a bit and i think the, the magazine was called terrorizer or something like that mm-hmm so we were kind of we were kind of happy that people people liked it, of course. But we, we, we I think we started quite early to write the, the album that became Deterioration of Minds. Um, but at that point, we were in a, still in a in a small uh, record label. It was just like our manager at that time who had a record label as well. So we we grouped up with him, and we we did have it was like a kind of a 
the do-it-yourself um, kind of deal. We we rented a small studio where we recorded the um, everything except the drums, if I remember correctly. And there are there are a few clips on 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 YouTube where we actually record that album in that small small space. Um, so I mean. For the recording wise, we just we we did it ourselves, and we had our manager was also a, a sound engineer and a producer in a way. So so he did. It was his name is Tommy Ryan. Um, mm-hmm. um, so um, he 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 did he basically did all the mixing and recording, and he he had a lot of the ideas with the, with the guitar sound as well. So I mean, he he did a lot for us in the early early stages with uh, like how we we should sound on a record and all that kind of stuff. Did he um, work with any other bands, or was Surruption kind of his main project in that area? No, he he was he was a musician. He he's always been he he did all you know the orchestral part of that album as well. Oh, so nice. he was really good with that kind of stuff, and uh, he also played in a band called Antoria, Antoria or something like that. At that mm-hmm. point, um, they were a bit of a name at least around here. Uh, mm-hmm. So so he did that for a while. Um, I don't really know what he does today if he's still managing or anything, but uh, at the later part like of his career now that I know of, he has a son who played more of a, who also became a musician that he he managed and, and that kind of stuff. Nice. So, but, but, but we, we were with him for uh, Deterioration of Minds and also Engineering the Void. Uh, mm-hmm. So, both those records, uh, he, he has like. Uh, be working with us with uh, with everything like the sound and, and their orchestral parts and that kind of stuff okay yeah i guess i don't know it, it would be cool to do like a gear talk kind of sec- segment if if you remembered any of the like you know ingredients into the tone because it's so iconic and i just love that kind of grindy grinding like very very modern production on that record um without it being like too polished or whatever it doesn't go too far in that direction but it's just yeah. uh i think everyone wants to emulate that sound uh or for a long time has wanted so yeah i guess maybe there's other details out there on the internet somewhere else about about the production of that record but super influential uh, oh yeah i mean it, it was a great record for us um i'm not that kind of gearhead that i remember everything <laughs> Like that, yeah. because, but mainly because I'm not a guitarist either. I mean, that's mm-hmm. not a tone. There are certain things that I remember that that we did. Um, I remember for the deterioration of minds, we went a bit overboard. I think the guitars have like four amps to them or something like that. There was okay. a lot of like things to bring all the different parts uh, to to switch the pers- perspective to engineering the void. We did a lot less because we realized that we don't didn't need all those takes to make I that see. sound so so we did um we, we, we lessened it a bit um mm-hmm. i also a big thing that we we wanted uh, at the early stages what that is that we wanted all the instruments to be very audible so and, and that like the drums of course you always hear and but we also wanted the bass to be something that that really that really took uh, a lot of space in the uh, in this in this in, in the sound yeah yeah nice. so th- there was a lot of like th- that was basically because you know if you listen to the album they are kind of dry the point to that is that we wa- wanted everything to be to be easily to so, so you can listen to you can listen to the bass you can listen to guitars you can listen to vocals of course but you can also listen to the drums we want everything to be audible in the 
in the picture of the sound. Mm. And that was a big kind of shift from like the early death metal where the focus was to kind of muck things up a little bit and make it less clean. Uh, I guess there's always been a tension between those two kind of desiderata of it. Do you remember, did you like, are those mostly double tracked vocals or is that like single track vocals throughout that record? Uh, It's always, every record I've done is single tracked. Um, Wow. Uh, the only the, the times when I do double track, it, then it's obvious because then you will hear the the vocal change form in one way or another. It's going to be like a higher squeal, or you're going to hear that I, I've dubbed it, but I've done I dubbed it with with a with a darker vocal as well because I wanted to be fuller. But the, when we talked about the vocals, when I talk about my Mikael Okefelt from Opeth. Uh, Oh yeah, I, I like that full richness of it. I don't want my voice to be dubbed. <laughs> to, yeah, not to, the deicide kind of route. Yeah, right. Yeah, and, and I mean, I think it, it it brings a certain type of sound, and I bring a bit. It, it's also one of the things that I have a bit of. Um, uh, I, I'm I'm proud of that. I can do it. I can I can pull pull up a, a very full full spectrum growl uh, in in one take. I don't need to to dub myself for it to mm. feel full so i think mm. for me that's important but but it's it's a me thing i am happy about it and i i think it, it sounds good so i mean it's a, it's a win-win um but with that said i mean sometimes in production you need to dub it because it sounds cooler i mean in that in that sense but for me it's important to i want to i want to <laughs> i want to record it in a way where i can get it very clear and and it's also helps with you know fast transitions and stuff in the vocals mm-hmm. if you don't just have one take yeah that makes mm-hmm. sense yeah how much but, does your yeah. lip ring get in the way of your vocals uh well not not at all i would think at this point <laughs> you never <laughs> sma- uh, you never accidentally hit yourself in the face with the mic and push that thing right into your we also have a forward mic he has a different, it, it has a different mic <laughs> <laughs> It has happened. Uh, yeah, yeah. But not that often. Shout out, Kyle. What up, dude? Kyle, hey, Kyle Fusion. Uh, comments so, uh, saw you this last weekend, bro. What up? What did it say, though? I want to say the oh, his patterns are awesome. Actually, there was someone in here that had a question. Um, so uh, we'll love to know. Yeah. Uh, ABO what up, dude? Yeah. How? Who did the logo? Because it's simple, but it's legible. It's effective, fitting to the, everything the band is. Like, who who drew the logo? Uh, I, I was talking about our manager who was called Tom Ryan. Uh, his mm-hmm. brother uh, is called Chris Chris Ryan, mm-hmm. uh, and he did the logo. He first did a, a first draft. You, you you can see that the logo is a bit different from from if from the from the EP to to the um, mm-hmm. uh, of minds. So we did it on the EP, and we think we needed we wanted to need a little bit more. Uh, so we we expanded upon it, and um, <clears throat> I mean, I think when 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 he did the logo, and we were talking about to we wanted it to be readable. Um, I think it really it really did a good job because it it feels I don't know I've always felt that it's 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 a bit grand you know in a cool way. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a question. Uh, this is a personal question. So you said uh, you mm-hmm. know Opeth and stuff like that. I, I say um, Michael Ackerfeld. How do you pronounce his name? I guess like correctly. Uh, oh, it's it's a hard switch in between. That's why I you you can hear me try to say the Swedish words in, in yeah, yeah. English. Yeah, but it's it's Mikael Åkerfeldt. 
Mikkel Okerfeldt. Yeah. I think I kind of got it, dude. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe okay. I was backboned by Joseph saying it at the exact same time, which shout out. Because <laughs> he's Swedish, and I'd rather hear Joseph say it than Anthony. Actually, Anthony, I want, Anthony's, I want Anthony's mispronunciation to like come in. <laughs> mispronunciation, dude. He wants his mispronunciation. Yeah. <laughs> it's not Mikael, even that word. Say it again. Say it again. Mikkel. Mikkel Åkerfelt. Åkerfelt. Okay. Whoa. Okay. Um, when did you guys? When did you guys uh, first tour? Did you tour in support of deterioration? Yeah, we we did. Uh, it was a small tour uh, we did with a a band called Diabolico. Um, I think they're more known here in Europe. Uh, it okay. was a small Europe tour we did for just two weeks. We went like from we went through uh, a bit of Germany, a bit of. Um, I don't even remember all the places, but it was Germany at least. But it was a small, it was a small, uh, uh, like tour. Nice. Um, so we did that, uh, and then it took some time because the the next like tour we actually did it was with uh, Cryptopsy and uh, and Discord. Discord and, yeah, yeah, with uh, my bandmate Diego Sanchez. What oh, up? the yeah. Rift Wizard. Yeah, I, I love Diego. Yeah. He's such a great guy. I love him, dude. I spoke to him yesterday. Yeah, um, I'm still waiting for someone to talk shit about Diego. Like, no, no one. Everyone's nobody like, he's can. The nicest guy. It's, it's even ever. possible. I don't think so. <laughs> right? He, he's everybody's family, dude. Immediately. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've heard a lot about that tour. Um, it sounded like a, uh, a pretty good, pretty good time. I wanted to say real quick. I know I got. I'm gonna take it back into the weeds, but Stoned Kitty in the uh, chat brought up gnomes. I want to know about Swedish uh, <laughs> culture and gnomes and and all that lore that's going on over there. Oh, uh, I mean, it's um, all all the gnomes and stuff. It, it it goes under a saying, and so we have like a, a category called uknit. Uh, it's like all the th- trolls and gnomes and uh, the, you uh-huh. know, the things that people believed in a long time ago. Um, and the gnomes <clears throat> in, in Swedish lore, they are very, very small and they tend to like animals and the house and stuff. So you see them, they are just like very, um, what you call it? Is it, is it benevolent? No, mm-hmm. the, the, what's, what's the opposite of benevolent? Well, uh, they're, they're kind at least. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and try and, and kind of sweet and, and take care of things and, and you know so um, and I think you know the the a gnome for us it, it I mean lower wise you if you think about Sweden a lot of like Swedish immigrants actually came to the U.S. back in the day when when people started to move to the U.S. Mm-hmm. So I think there, there's like you know even when we talk about uh, the weekdays, have you heard about that? Like um, Thursday, it's actually um, it's actually Thor's day, you know, the god Thor. Oh yeah, Thor. yeah, yeah, yeah. So in in Sweden, in Sweden, we, it's 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 even more obvious because we call it Torsdag because Thor is Tor in Swedish. So we call it Thursday, mm. but, but it became Thursday. So if you think about that, it's like a melting pot of things. So if you think right, about right. the Santa, the Coca-Cola Santa that we have today, yeah. it's all it's all derived from this old this gnome thing. Totally, dude. Oh, wow. So we did the podcast I... on Thursday. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I just we do, dude. 
I also just realized, so it's the summer, it just passed the summer solstice. Yesterday? So how, it was yesterday. How, how long and was today? Yeah. Today it's midsummer actually here. So it's a, uh, it's a festive oh, evening. Speaking of oh, wow. So, so when did the sun come yes. up uh, where you are right now? Oh, it's, it's, I don't think it has gone down really. I mean, I, I don't know when, when it came up, but it's, um, <clears throat> it goes down at some point, but it's always, uh, Light here, you know. Yeah, the sun. Yeah, yeah. But but it isn't uh, it isn't high in the sky. If you go even further north, where I'm from, you can have a midnight sun. Uh, I don't have that because it actually goes down, but it goes down so little that it never gets dark here. Really. Yeah. How do you sleep? Like with the curtains? Do you have like the light curtains or the the glasses? No, you you just get used to it. That it's it's kind of light. I mean, if if you if you're up north where it's midnight sun then i know they have this this curtain because if the sun would be in my eyes when i try to sleep that would be yeah. kind of annoying at <laughs> least i have the sunlight somewhere sure. else so it's just like like more of a clear sky you know it's like gotcha mm-hmm. yeah totally i mean for me like the i mean lately it's been the just noticing just having a mask on just having the discover my because i have blue eyes so they're very yeah. sensitive to light just having those on Man, I sleep so much better. So much <laughs> like better, the, dude. Oh, it's insane. And I've, I've got ones that have like Bluetooth speakers in, so I'll just like one hour of a podcast and I just fall asleep. And I'm didn't you like, wear I, those on tour? Uh, no, I did used to wear the that's actually where I discovered them, but they were yeah. didn't have speakers, they have Bluetooth speakers in them now. So you just like uh, okay. put a podcast on, you can just fall asleep, like whisper sweet, sweet nothings, and like you wake up <laughs> in the morning, like what the fuck? There's been times where I've Waking up like an hour past my alarm because I'm so yeah. deep asleep. That's because what's up, dude. It, literally, my eyes. I'm a light like, sleeper because of my eyes too, dude. Yeah, light light wakes yeah. me up very easily. That's so. what's uh, what you're talking about, like sweden and stuff, and like being up and like with, with the sun for you know way late in the day. Like that would fuck me up if I didn't have some sort of blackout something. Because mm-hmm. like like that really. Because people blue eyes like I have to wear sunglasses when it's foggy, but it's light outside. Because <laughs> like, like it hurts my eyes. That's how. That's that's my privilege. <laughs> and, I mean, it's 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 also the other way around. If you go to the winter, we have we have days where it's just dark all the time instead. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean Sweden. I mean you know, you know the song uh, from uh, At the Gates, Sweden, Suicide Nation. I mean yeah. it was a, it was a be- very depressed depressing place because. It was not very much sun, you know. It yeah. was very. Um, I've, does that still like uh, kind of like attached to Sweden at all? Because I know that the vitamin D and there's like a bunch of studies now, like they need sun for happiness. Is that kind of like a, still a, a, a kind of tag on on Sweden? I wouldn't say that it, it gets like if, if during winter I don't like read a lot about oh there's so much suicides now because yeah yeah it's not a fun thing to read no. about no, but but there is something we call winter depression because at winter especially the north part it gets very dark so people a lot of people get depressed like because of the the, the because there's no light yeah <laughs> so, yeah. so of course Definitely. I mean there there's a thing and I, I remember myself I worked in a, in a like uh, in a store back in the day, and there was no windows to the store. It was like in inside a building, and you know, in a mall kind of thing. And uh, I went there in the morning, and it was pitch black. And then I stood in the store the whole day, and then I went home, and it was pitch black again that night. And then I went up again next morning, it was pitch black. So it can really mess you up. So it's it's important oh. that 
the few hours you have where it's kind of light at the day during winter that you at least see that there's light. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, so if if you work like in a workplace, I, I where I work now, there's a we we, all, we talk a lot about you know the importance of having windows so that you can actually see the even though you're not maybe outside, you can see yeah. the the day cycle in one way or another. It's important for like your mental health as well. Can yeah, I ask I'm what not, kind of work you do? Well, I, I work in uh for the state with uh, parental leave actually. Okay. Uh, yeah. So it's it's not that like glamorous, but it's a it's a good job. Okay, yeah. I mean, like, so it's awesome. like one of those jobs, though, especially with COVID and stuff, where it was very like everyone works from home, and I, I noticed that yeah. what you're exactly what you're saying. Like, I was stuck yeah. at home, and I was like, "This is the dream come true." At the beginning, I'm like, "I get to work from home all day. This is fucking amazing," mm-hmm. and um, slowly deteriorated into kind of a depressive, kind of like not very happy place. That yeah. you know, I'm I'm, st- I'm sitting in the corner, even though I have like, a, I'm living in a beautiful area, but it just it actually I think that's huge with the windows and having like some sort of light and just just yeah. stepping outside for at least an hour and or half hour, just like take a deep breath, just look around, just like yeah. like appreciate the surroundings because if you're stuck in a room for too long, and then like all right, like during that time it was like. Everyone was so like didn't want to leave, so it's like you're you're working at home, your life is at home, you're stuck in. It basically just became a, it got depressive, super depressive. Yeah, dude. And I was like, you know, vitamin D like, deficiencies. Oh yeah, it was crazy. You gotta get out in the sun for at least like a half an hour. And people say that, and it's like it's like oh whatever, dad. Like I don't want to stay in this. Like I don't need to stay no, in the dude, sun. To be you happy. really need it. And then you actually like go out and do it and take a deep breath. You're like. Oh God! Like maybe I need this every. I need to take your shoes off if you're around some grass. Fucking put your feet on the ground for a little bit. Yeah, really. That's what what our you know everyone before us did. It's like they didn't breed a bunch of people that were just gonna like hey sit in an office all day with no light and just like hey it's gonna be happiness. It's gonna be all good. So like yeah, that's definitely a good thing to get out and take a deep breath. Yeah. I always yeah. think about the movie Metropolis. Have you guys seen it? Some? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. This yeah. guy sitting in this dystopian society, just like yeah. a big old app. Very depressing. It is. <laughs> yeah. It is. <laughs> and, and, I mean, I was, there's so many movies that are like, oh, is this our bleak future? And, it, and more and more, it's starting to look like it is, you know? But rock on yeah. until we get there, dude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was gonna no ask. Point. I was gonna ask. Yeah. Uh, since it is midsummer, um, are you gonna celebrate it? Are you gonna? You have any plans? Yeah, I think I, for me, midsummer is is, is a it's a it's a nice holiday to to celebrate in one way or another. But I, I I'm not that traditional. I'm not gonna you know go away and dance around the maypole and that kind of okay. stuff. It's it's. I'm just gonna uh, get together with a few friends and barbecue some some food and. and and maybe play some board games and stuff you know just take it easy did did some anyone games. do people in sweden did they watch the movie midsummer that was the yeah US <laughs> movie. Nice. yeah i mean i think it's a fun movie i mean it's not it's kind of hor- horrible but you know it, yeah, yeah. but it, but it's uh it's a fun take of, of, of it's it's a weird it's it is a weird tradition we have here because it's it goes back so long and now it's i don't i don't even know 
mean, the maypole, it's it's like this fertility symbol back in the day um, mm. that we dance around. It's, it's it's very weird if you get get into the nitty-gritty of it. Well, yeah, if so you go that, back that far, I mean, fertility is a lot more important if you want to mm. um, preserve your group of people, right? Yeah, but it was also fertility for the land, you know, get, getting crops, getting food. Exactly. Yeah. I think that... that totally makes sense if you the further you go back the more it would make sense for ritualistic um things like that to happen at certain ports times of the year waiting for a harvest a harvest is here those types of celebrations um all right, back on. Uh, yeah, I didn't want to derail us. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> no, Sorry, I, I'm not. I'm not gonna go watch our old people jump off a rock. At least. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nice. So, uh, so you did the engineering the void record. Um, that was before the cryptopsy tour, also. So you had like two solid records before heading to the U.S. Is that right? That was your first yeah. time going to the U.S. Okay. And then you guys did a Devastation on the Nation tour with Origin. I saw you guys in Oakland. Yeah. I think that was like 2016 or 17, maybe. No, it yeah. had to be earlier, like 16, maybe. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, yeah, yeah. as you might have realized, I, I don't keep track of time very well, but it's probably <laughs> around there somewhere. Yeah. 15 or 16, I, I saw you guys and I got the Deterioration shirt that I still wear a lot. And uh, oh. it was a fun show. Um, so... Yeah, that that had a bunch of bands. I think um, another Swedish band was Aeon. Are they Swedish? Were yeah. they on that tour? Yeah, yeah, they actually live quite near us. Uh, okay. it's just a town like maybe two two and a half hours, like a bit in, if you drive a bit west from from where we live. Yeah. So yeah. so we know we know them quite well. So that was a fun tour, just being able to to be in a U.S. tour with with a bunch of Swedes and also Swedes that we that we know like mm. before. So it was a was a new thing. It's fun. I, I was curious, like, where do you think Surreptions got the best like reception? Because I think you guys are inspired by a lot of American metal. You might mm-hmm. fit in more in America, as some European bands do. Like Defeated Sanity, find that they're doing better in America these days than Europe. Uh, but also, since you're based in Europe, maybe just geographically, you have a more fo- of a following over there. I, I think we have our biggest following in the U.S. Uh, yeah, it's usually where, where the tour uh, tours are best. But it, it, it's also a thing about you know we have done most of our touring in the U.S. as well. So I mean, mm-hmm. if we w- would have done more touring in Europe, maybe things would have looked a bit different. So mm-hmm. we're actually thinking about trying to do a bit more in Europe just to try to get a foothold, a better foothold here as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but w- I mean. We talked about earlier about the back in the day where, where the internet was pretty more scarce and stuff. We we had different ways to tackle things. A, a pro today, I think, is with the internet is that you can do a lot of things. Just reach out through social media as well. You know, put out videos and that kind of stuff and build uh, some kind of hype or or a, or a following, um, even if you're not touring all the time. And I think that's a um, a good thing. So the touring has really helped us in the U.S., but I think uh, our music is starting to to get more noticed in Europe as well uh, mm-hmm. because of of social media. But also, weird enough, because we have toured in the U.S., it's things tend to be like that in Europe. If if, if 
if you get some traction in the US, it spills over to Europe as well in one way or another. For sure. And then uh, you guys did a run with atheists, like these guys talked about. Uh, is there any uh, any other tours that we haven't mentioned yet? I'm trying to think if yeah. you guys came over another time. The, the yeah the the biggest tour tour we have done is with Kendall Corpse and Kendall Capitation. We did that back to back to the devastation on, uh, of the nation tour. Oh, okay, nice. Yeah, so that was a that was a fun thing. Um, and what's big for us, I mean, who who wouldn't want to go tour with Cannibal Corpse and Cannibal Capitation? I mean, yeah. You guys did a, a summer slaughter, correct? Well, yeah, yeah, kind of. Um, okay. We did for a few weeks. Um, okay. Because our members didn't get it was just me and Tony. Oh, please, um, that's the one we had. A, you had a Justin McKinney play yeah, guitar, right? Yeah. So we didn't have a, a bass player at that point either. So it was just messy and. And when we realized that that the members uh, that we have had at home didn't gonna, wasn't going to get the visa in a timely manner, we had to cut it short because at that point mm-hmm. we were bleeding money because, of course, we needed to you know things cost a lot of money when you're going touring the U.S. Right, and um, since they didn't come, we we decided to to cut it short and cut our losses there. Gotcha. Can you talk about like because uh, I know that I've, I've done a couple summer slaughters touring and stuff, but 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 for you personally, doing that kind of a festival tour was that yeah. like how was that? Because I know everyone that I've ever talked to that's ever done one or been on one, that's like one of the toughest like kind of schedules to be on. Correct? I, I didn't think it was any tougher than any other tour. Um... Oh, I feel like a pussy now. <laughs> 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 or, or, it's, or it's me who is just like, oh, our touring is so hard. Um, no, I, I, I didn't feel like it was the schedule didn't do anything for me in that way. I mean, we we just someone drove us and we were at a place. Oh, someone played. drove you. Oh God, yeah. someone drove you. Okay, come on. Yeah, uh, yeah. So maybe that we we don't we don't try to drive oh, ourselves. Maybe because, you can't uh, drive. Can can you drive? And you know, I can't drive. I can't drive. Yeah. Okay. I've, I've driven in the drive. US. Okay, okay. Yeah, I can. I can do. It. I have driven once in the U.S., and that was when me and Tony were were going from from the origin um, the Christian Aeon tour with the devastation of the nation, um, and we were going to the Cannibal tour. We needed to drive from I think it was Detroit down to Tampa, if I remember mm-hmm. correctly. So we did that drive, and that's <laughs> that's when I've driven in the U.S. But. Um, I mean, we could probably drive ourselves, but I think it would be messy because there's a lot of rules and stuff that we really don't we we, we don't know. Yeah. So, it, so yeah, do you guys drive on the well. on the same side as us? That's yeah. I don't know. Yeah, we, yeah. yeah we do. At so least yeah, you're on so the left easy. side in your car too. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. talk about like the the differences in driving in Sweden versus like going down an American highway. Like, are there, are there actually big differences? And I mean, obviously, like yeah. the speed, the kilometers versus miles per hour. I mean, I know that when I go into other countries, but like, are there other rules that you're like, kind of wary of when you're driving in another country like America? That's the thing. I wouldn't really know um, mm-hmm. <laughs> because when I yeah. drive in the U.S., I kind of interpret it in the same way as I do in Sweden, and yeah. that's the weird thing. I, mean, I remember somewhere when I came to a to a crossing and every all the fucking lights were blinking, and I was like. What did this mean? <laughs> so I was trying to figure out where the fuck am I going, you know? Uh, yeah, um, yeah. 
so so it's main it's more like that you're more worried about you know these things that might happen like i don't i don't know what to do here but yeah. you know the easiest way to do it when you're not really sure i mean we we are not trying we are not speeding or anything we just you know see to it that we follow all the all the rules we know we need to follow and not try to make like a mess of it so it's it's i mean it's basically okay i think yeah. um, but it is the small things the small differences where where you don't you just don't know what it means you know why is all the lights blinking I don't know what yeah. blinking means. Yeah, that means the fucking electricity sucks in that area, and you got to turn it into <laughs> yeah, a stop sign. That's yeah. what it means. <laughs> yeah. Are there like speeders and st- like when you're driving in Sweden? Is it like is there people speeding and stuff? And is there like people kind of like all like keeping a kind of neutral speed limit around each other? Or how how is it driving around? <laughs> Sweden. No, I mean most people probably do, but of course there are speeders. Uh, we have like these mm. cameras that can pick up, and the police can also stand and just try to see if people are speeding. So I, mean, I think it's the same as, as every country. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Beautiful. a bit different with the roads, though. I, I can, I mean, in the US you have these big roads, of course. Uh, it's a bigger country. You need, and you're car driven as well. We aren't as car driven here in. Here in Sweden, there's a lot more like trains and, and that kind of uh, connections. Um, so the roads, yeah. basically, I mean, if we go on a highway, it's usually like two. You, you can get, drive two cars in one direction, two cars in the other one, like beside each other. In the US, I mean, there's like eight or four. I mean, it's just big. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, it, yeah. So and it, you're still in traffic. Like, on the sixth lane freeway, you're still <laughs> yeah. all jammed up because nobody yeah. knows how to fucking drive, dude. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, that, I complain that a lot about that as well here in in, in our hometown. No, nobody <laughs> oh, can use yeah. their blinkers to show where they're going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's that's my pet peeve. For well, that's an, yeah, it's a universal thing. Humans just don't yeah. fucking know how to use their blinkers, no matter where <laughs> no, you are no. on the no. in the planet. It's they just don't know. We have one way of communication when we're driving a car and we don't use it. It's kind of weird. Yeah, yeah. It's like we're telling you where we're going. We're just not going to tell you, though, because <laughs> make it easier, and I don't want to make it easier. It's like, yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's, it's really tough, especially do you guys have tolls out in, like, Sweden and stuff? Like, the, the road tolls, like, out in, like, you see, like, it's, like, New Jersey, New York, something like that? Nah, I just had to pay a bunch of those. Yeah. Let's say... Back in the day, we didn't. Uh, we Sweden is slowly becoming more and more like uh, a bit more like the US, you know, the more capitalistic side of things, I think. Yeah, so the the, the amount of tolls has gone up. Uh, usually, when like we have on certain bridges, there can be a bridge toll, uh, yeah. And mm-hmm. we also the, the only tolls I think that's kind of smart in a way is that in, in big cities like Stockholm and stuff. They have they have tolls inside the city. It's basically a thing where you where you're taxed because you're driving in middle of the city. It's like you know for the uh, for the fumes from the car and all that kind of stuff. It's, a, mm-hmm. it's an environmental thing as well, but it's still a toll, you know. It, Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Most, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like going into airports here, right? In SFO, you if you're uh, public transportation, you have to be running on a certain fuel. Or you have to have a certain thing that you pay monthly to go into the airport. So it's just the same thing for a city, you know? And actually, that kind of makes sense in a way, you know? Same thing with, like, bridges. Like, of course, there's a bridge tool. You drive over it. 
you're contributing to like wear and tear of a bridge that needs to be maintained yearly so it's sturdy enough to take all these cars that need to go across it makes sense right it just sucks that like where it's well they do that and then they're like well it's gonna go up two dollars three dollars oh yeah it's like oh like when we uh, casey and i we've gone through like the jersey turnpike a million times where it's like a one toll seven bucks the next toll is 49 dollars because yeah. you have another axle and then next toll, and the, these are like we're talking six miles apart like a toll for seven bucks toll for three bucks a toll for 49 dollars a toll for yeah. it's like and they just keep taking this like it's like okay how much can we you know it's like it started off as like let's fix the roads and stuff and now it's like kind of like i'm like let's get we can get more and more and more and more it's like come on calm down (laughs) most of the roads in sweden though they are are tax funded Uh, i mean the toll and and Mm -hmm. to be fair the tolls um if we compare it to the us at least and other countries as well are kind of cheap i mean to go over the bridge i just talked about it's it's like well 90 cents if i'm gonna <laughs> quickly uh, and like the tolls i talked about in stockholm it might be uh, two bucks you know so yeah it, yeah it, it's cheaper just so to get a perspective of it um but still it's still a toll you know yeah yeah right, yeah. right. well be- yeah go ahead i i just had to pay it was like Fifty dollars uh, in the mailed tolls, so not the ones you pay in person. This is from touring the East oh, Coast. Oh, for touring people, it must be terrible because they then, just come in the mail now. But then they, uh, everyone that they mailed the toll to, got mailed to U-Haul because they used the U-Haul trailer, oh, no. and then U-Haul charges one dollar admin fee for every toll, which ended up being nineteen total. So I had to pay an extra twenty bucks, not to the toll roads, but to U-Haul for processing. What the, tolls. the fuck, dude? So, what does that matter? Like, deep. why would they need to be like, oh, you drove through a toll? I'm like, just give us money. My front license plate, just you take a picture of that and send it to me. But no, they took the back license plate off the. U-Haul, all laws and everything are bec- all laws come from people that that blow it. So there's people that like fuck them over a bunch when they just want to have an insurance thing to like <laughs> for all the people that don't pay their tolls and stuff. Yeah. That it's like the dollar each is gonna go towards the fund to pay the tolls that aren't it's, paid. So. It's just we thought oh we were like oh gas is so much cheaper out there it'll be cheaper but then with tolls it ends up <laughs> yeah. being about the same as the ridiculous gas prices here. So either way you just yeah. kind of. But we, you know, I'm going to say just, you know, we, we did okay on this run. So we didn't die on it. I mean, it was a lot cheaper than renting a van. So, yeah. Yeah. Totally um, rough. All right. So we start the L. Back to Frederick again. So I wanted to ask about Surreption. So at some point, Anton left and uh, you're in that rare position of, of being a band who doesn't have like a stable guitarist and that's not very common. Most bands, the guitarist is the guy who stays and a vocalist or drummer is much more likely to leave. But in the, your case, you're the, the drummer and vocalist are the OG members. So yeah. Yeah. The stability. Uh, yeah. To, to be fair, just uh, the, our bass player now, Rickard, he's also an OG member. It's just that he left for a, for a few years and then he came back. I so, saw that. Yeah. Okay. For sure. okay. Um, but I guess just my question is like, uh, how how have you made it work? You've just been able to. Do you find guitarists who are also writers who can write in the Surreption style? Is that how the last couple records were done? 
Uh, yeah, I mean, of course we need a need a when we search for a guitarist, we need a really really good guitarist. Um, our music is usually hard in ways that people not, not always realize. Uh, I've talked to a lot of musicians out on the road and stuff when when they've like talk, tried our music. I mean, they can be really really fast shredders and stuff, but when they try to play our music, it's it's a, a lot of a stamina thing as well. Um, mm-hmm. The riffs are hard to play, even though they're not always as flashy. You know, we 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 always try to like have a groove element to everything, so that everything becomes. We try to make it catchy, even though it's it's technical. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we need we need we need a high level guitar player, and um, mm-hmm. the first part is that to see if they can play the the music. The other part is to see if they fit into our writing process and. Of course, the the riffs, the guitar players uh, write and stuff. I mean, they they bring a lot to the table to how the music sounds and stuff. But the reason why Eruption still sounds kind of similar as it as it's always done, I think it's it's two two things. I mean, one part is that I'm still doing the vocals, so I, I've always tried to do a certain thing over the music. I have a certain uh, vision of uh, when to let the guitars through and all that kind of stuff with the ryth- rhythms and stuff. But the biggest reason, um, I think, it's Tony, our drummer, because he is basically like the the, the center of uh, all the compositions. Mm-hmm. So when we write things, he he writes the drums to it. He he modifies it, and I mean, he has the the big picture. So he, of course, we need a need a guitarist who is who's good at writing riffs and music and stuff. But but for me, uh, I always uh, feel like it's Tony that brings the the biggest like surreption flavor to the music. He he puts the little extra um, to make mm-hmm. everything like really stick together. Yeah, I mean, he really orchestrates every riff on the drums, and I was very inspired by that. And I just to go back to you know worship a little bit, I played along to the deterioration record and engineering record so many times. Uh, it was a huge record for me building up double bass speed. It was huge for, I mean, I would play this, the title track to warm up and go slow. And then yeah. by the time uh, Vi Venom and title come on, you, hopefully you're ready to play the <laughs> two twenty or two thirty or whatever it is. Um, there were a lot of great uh, songs on that record for, for practicing different speeds um but there was always that level of interesting symbol work and fills and everything um so i i definitely you know when you when you talk about tony being the center of the band that resonates with me and you know i hate to say i haven't caught surreption and live in a in a bunch of years but everyone who has gone has always said how fucking sick tony is live and I'm sure I felt that way at the Devastation show that was so many years ago, but I really wish I could catch you guys again sometime and, and appreciate it again. Uh, on top of the monster vocals, of course. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I mean, that's I mean, Tony, he is a beast, and mm-hmm. um, it, just as a callback to the early stages, it, it was kind of interesting uh, when I started like really realizing what the band was and stuff, and. Um, uh, as a vocalist, I realized how the level of my fellow musicians in the band it was, it was extremely, extremely high. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and it took a while for me at least as well to like well what what's what's what 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 do i bring to the table here yeah like well, what, yeah. what 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 i'm supposed to do and uh, the 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 thought process for me with all this like these high level musicians and high level riffs and drums and bass lines and it's always tried to um, I've always tried to enhance like the catchiness, the grooves of the songs, and also find the right places to enhance their performance, like the right time to shut up. Like this mm-hmm. is gonna this is where where this like lick is supposed to be heard, not me. Just that's why also why I try to do it so rhythmically, like mm-hmm. like let's say correct to the music. Uh, because a, a lot of times vo- vocalists have a tendency just to plaster the vocals over everything. Yeah. Uh, and I try to to find the places where, well, here here I can enhance the music with my vocals and here I can just shut up and that's better, you know. <laughs> so mm-hmm. let the music, uh, like the instrumental lists shine through here. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Like you listen to so many records, you get used to vocals being perfectly placed, but then when you try to record vocals or see them live, it's actually very very difficult to be as on time as you would expect. Harder than an, an instrument, I would I I, I think. Um, yeah. And then for you guys to be able to just augment every single nice little polyrhythm or whatever syncopation, um, it it's it's super effective and and just so many of your songs are like anthems like it is how i feel like i know the words and it's fun to fucking sing them they're fucking catchy no, um thank you so so yeah i think it, it was a successful and i i guess you know calling back to like the new metal thing like I, you've always had that like kind of modern sensibility that that works well and it's fun to hear how like you kind of came from that and then they had the more of the technical death metal thing and, and it melded in that way that just blew up and and was working so yeah yeah that's that's all uh, I've, I've thought about that a, a lot as well like uh, when i said like what what i'm going to bring to the table um, mm. um because death metal is if, if, if it's a it's a genre where things tend to sound a bit similar you know but if you start to really listen to the bands where that doesn't sound similar you realize that there's a lot of the things happening like if you if you're not trained at listening to it, I, I get it. Things death metal can sound a bit samey, you know. Mm-hmm. But if you start to really listen to what the band does, I mean, I think that's a there's a plethora of thoughts how you can approach a death metal song. In mm-hmm. like, which way should I approach the vocals? Which way should the guitars and the drums work together and stuff? And I mean, we we have just put. Um, certain elements together that we think are important. I mean, we like the technicality to push ourselves. Uh, we also like songs to be enjoyable and groove in the way that people, I, I don't really care. I mean, it's it's fun when people are really mosh pitting and stuff, but usually we, when we, when I write a song, there are certain parts where I think this is a, like a circle pit part, this is a mosh pit part, where I feel that as way, yeah. as, uh, at least. But a lot of times, I mean, I am, if I see people just nodding and being happy about the music, that's that's a lot for me as well because the groove is is important and you don't need to like go 100% all the time. So I think it's a give and take from, from the band and the audience as well. Yeah. And I think I, I'm at least thinking about that when I when I write the rhythms and, and, and vocal patterns and stuff. Nice. Uh, can I follow up with one more question, you guys? I just wanted to ask how uh, how the record that you guys put out last year, Jord, how you guys felt the reception went for that record and uh, 
where you guys are at kind of looking forward from there um did i say uh, it right jord yeah. sure uh, well well it's 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 close enough it, it's you would if you, you would talk swedish but but i mean i don't uh, i don't expect anyone saying you would so your is, is good <laughs> i think um well <clears throat> i'm i think our expectations of the peer of the reception went above what i thought I mean, I, let's say that I, I never know when we release an album, what, what are people going to say? But the only thing I knew was that when I heard the album myself, like the full the full copy of it, I felt like it's, even even though I know that people like Deterioration of Minds and all the, the other releases and stuff, I, I think this release is overall, so like from the from cover to cover, it's, it's a really, really strong release. So I felt really good about it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like uh, our the fans and also like the people who, who made reviews of it and stuff also felt like that, that it was a really strong release. So I was really happy about the, the response we got. And I think the response we got were good. Um, then, of course, every, every time you release something, you, you, you would like it to, I mean, to get even bigger. I mean, that's that's the point. You want more people to hear it and stuff. So mm. that's the only thing. We were still trying to put out things and get people to to listen to us and at least give a, have an idea. Do we like this or not? If you like it, then please listen, you know. Um, so, but, but I'm really happy about both the album and how everything went, went down. Cool, yeah. I mean, it's been a minute since I put it on. I must have listened to the whole thing when it came out. But uh, I'm definitely going to go listen to it again. And I remember nice. it just sounded really good. And then it comes on on Shuffle. Like a lot of, you know, the times I hear stuff, like newer stuff these days is from shuffling other stuff. Like if I put on the new Zenith Passage single, then probably Surruption will be like two or three songs later. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's been, it's, uh, it's just been so sick to see Surruption uh, be like a quite consistent band. It seems like every four years there's a new record. So, yeah. Yeah and um yeah so are you guys working on new music already or yeah we we have started writing uh, i mean let's take the the, the latest album you would uh, i mean i think that album was basically done two years before we recorded it so that's how things go i mean there's the right mm. time to release the album and, and all that kind of jazz um so that's the thing we, we're, we're writing stuff now we, we can say when it's going to be released because as it all it, it all depends on you know the right time from the record label and all that kind of stuff so it's it's a lot of things but we are we are currently working on uh, on, a, on a follow-up nice that's good to hear man i'm excited that's for awesome it. man like we can't wait to hear it i mean and and thanks again for coming on like because i know that i've brought it up in the beginning but you've like your band has created a style that i see in so many new bands now they're just taking like yeah. Oh, I'm a surruption esque, kind of, they won't say it, but I'm like, you are, a, a, you've literally created a genre that is going to be transcendent and we're going to see it. It's kind of like almost like a Mashuga band that we're going to see. Tech. Yeah, yeah, we're going to see because Mashuga had the same thing that's been gent and all these things now. Yeah. But like, I feel like seeing it live, I was like, oh God, okay, well, this is, this translates really well live. Like, yeah. I was absolutely blown away. So, uh, thanks, thanks again. I know. Uh, coming on at seven in the morning. Well, we're, ah, it's well like, no, no, it, it's all okay. No, it was. Just, I know, it's, it's like whatever. Let's take it. Hold on. We're, we're we're all getting all tired. We're like, yeah, we're all burning out. We gotta go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> we're all burning out. You're no, perking up because you had your yeah. caffeine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
but no but th thanks a lot again for, uh, again frederick for coming on because definitely understand the i mean you could have come on if we, our, our normal time would have been three o'clock in the morning for you. So I don't think that would have worked way. out too much. That been no I, I think it, I think it worked out well. I mean, yeah. I can get up a yeah. bit early. It's it's no biggie. I mean, totally I can definitely. About it, but it's, it's not that big of a deal actually. <laughs> we did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did we do the awesome. day shift for Dennis? Or how did we do Dennis? Was Dennis a uh, Sunday? I think. Yeah, oh, Dennis was a, was a Sunday. Sunday morning, yeah. There's there's certain people we have to we we uh do uh, do weekends because we were like we can't we haven't we done go, a weekend to do it at so noon though, our time you know yeah. for them to be like yeah so thanks a lot for uh for adapting and coming on and man and rock on to sick. the homies for adapting as well the resident homies we did oh, it dude. yeah it's, we yeah, did it it was way easier for me but. Um, <laughs> <laughs> But no, Disruption uh, is going to be a band that we're going to be talking about 10 years from now. It's like the godfathers of the style that's going to come up and they're going to have a name for it soon. This is my prediction. And uh, it's basically like one of those styles that you just, it's going to be transcendent through so many bands that are up and coming. And um, thank you guys for that. I really appreciate your influence on everything. It's been very refreshing. Yeah, very kind. And thank you a lot, guys, for, for having me. It was, it was fun. It was a uh... I mean, I, I I never know what to expect when I when I get into an interview, but I think it was a really really nice one. It was easy going. Uh, awesome, happy. nice. Awesome. I'm glad that's that their you specialty. Felt that way. That's yeah. kind of what we. <laughs> it's want. our brand. It's yeah. exactly yeah. what we want to happen. <laughs> yeah. So you just gave us the review we needed to let us know that we're still doing the right thing, bro. Yeah, great. <laughs> yeah, really happy about it. Well, cool. Right. Let's uh, let's yeah. go through them plugs one more time. Battleforgecoffee.com. That's the caffeine. We're doing the uh oh hey the bridge version. We have a uh live bagging to do if you guys are uh, what up? Right, let's, oh. end it with, let's end it with we don't need to go through the plugs again. We can do the live bagging. All right, all right. We love you guys. Buy a shirt right. from us. Go uh surruption. At least get the surruption in. We'll end it with a live bagging, dude. Yeah, we got the music. So someone bought it. So Frederick, someone bought a shirt live on the show. <laughs> oh. oh so we're gonna, we're, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna I mean, for Cali Death, sorry. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but they're gonna, they're, oh, he's going to leave. I, for but I'm glad they bought your shirt as well. I mean, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's the way the world works. Well, what we do is if somebody's watching live and they buy it, you, they get to watch it be bagged live. And oh. they did it right oh. at the end. So. And now oh, he's to the size. He's got to find the size. He's like, wait, I called for the live bagging and I have no idea where the merch is. Yeah. Oh, what size is it? Come on, you just got off tour, dude. The soundtrack is just great for the live <laughs> baggings. I really enjoy it. Come on. Does now. Joseph have a dentist chair? <laughs> and behind that little partition that he has there, I wonder what's right, playing on that screen. I'm gonna have to do a fake live bagging pretty soon. <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna be like there it is. Boom. Oh, you got it. Somebody got a full color. Nice, dude. <laughs> All right, hold on. Oh, yeah. oh, we got this guy right here about the shirt. <laughs> what up? Uh, it's Jack Jay. Wilson. Oh, what's oh, up, Jack? How you doing, buddy? Jack? Hell yeah, dude. Old school. There. Jack Wilson's been with us since the beginning, dude. He, I've he made his own, before. right? Yeah, I, was, I mentioned it before, but I'm going to mention it again. He he was so over us not having merch that he just made his own. He's <laughs> he has he still has the one and only Cali Death hoodie. 
known okay, that's good. to exist. I still those bags are those are solid bags. What up? Perfect size. All right. Cool. Shout dude, out Jack right. Wilson. That's good tomorrow. By the way, dude, congratulations, Jack. He's a new dad. First. Oh. Yep. Fresh. Broke his dad cherry recently. Fuck yeah. Congrats, Jack. Congrats, all right, guys. Your wife, let's wrap this bro. shit up. I got to work right. in the morning. I we all, all right. have It's work. in the morning. It's in the morning for Frederick. And I, that's what, what Frederick's looking at right now. That's what I have what to do in the morning. We have to, I have to be yeah. <laughs> seven in the morning. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thanks again, everybody. Jack, for coming on, dude. I appreciate it. All right, dude. I yeah, love this. What's up, Casey? What are you going to say? Thank you. Oh, I think you, <laughs> thank bro. you. <laughs> fucking this this Zoom awkwardness is still con- like fucking going. After It'll never happen. <laughs> yeah. It'll never not All happen. Right. All right. Thank you guys so much for spending this time with us, and we'll see you next week. Frederick, you're a rad dude. Let's keep in touch. Resident homies, I love you as always. We'll see you next week. I'm gonna be in Hawaii, but I'm still gonna pop in. I'll be cool. here next week though. Thank Rock you. Guys. On.